Today on The Breakdown, it's the Poker Go Cup, event number one, and it is just a crazy lineup of heavy hitters. And in this hand, we're seeing two of the best, Adrian Mateos and Alex Foxen, square off in what is really a remarkable, remarkable hand. And somewhere in there, there's a pun about Fox and Winter, because Sean Winter's at the table, and <laughs> David Peters at the table, so Peter and the Rabbit, there's, there's something with that. It's all in there. You have to find it for yourself. It's like a jumble. It's like those jumbles from the newspaper when you were growing up. Do you remember those? Right now on The Breakdown <laughs> with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> So Adrian Mateos, one of the participants in the hand, does yep. not get to be part of the animal pun, I think you said it was going to be? Yeah. Does he have any cool parts of his name that you could easily work Mateos the Crocodile is obviously a common nickname for anybody named Mateos. Mateos the Crocodile? Yeah. <laughs> is that an actual thing? Oh, or yeah. Is that, well, you have a daughter now. I thought you may have... You have children's books. Maybe you're reading something about Mateos the Crocodile. No, what no, no. I know? This, is, this is a thing about Argentina. What? <laughs> they... <laughs> They love anybody with the surname Mateos. They're like, oh, it's Mateos the Crocodile. Oh, I did not know that. You didn't that. know that? Now you do. No. And, of course, Adrian Mateos is not from Argentina. Of course not. He's from Spain. Of course. But you're going to just do the Argentinian thing anyway. I thought he was from Argent- Spain, and then I thought he was from Argentina, and then I thought he was from Spain, and then I thought he was from Argentina. Let's find huh. out where he's from. Well, I'm sure that's not offensive to people from all of countries. I mean, if you're offended by us accidentally getting your country wrong, then you're no. too easily offended. That's not what would be offensive to people. It's you switching back he's, and forth. He's Spanish. He's Spanish. Yes! Yes! Feels good. Um, hey. Okay, when- so in Spain, it's very popular. <laughs> Everyone knows. Mateos the Crocodile. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about alligators? Alligators are not common in, in the part of Spain that Adrian Mateos is from, and therefore it is offensive to mention them. <laughs> what part of Spain is Adrian Mateos from again? The Mateos region in the regional area of Spain. In the Crocodilian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, that's very normal. Yeah. Is this going well for you, Jonathan? No, is, Jonathan decided really to stand not. up to stand up for this podcast, and now he's trying to like reach his computer while standing up. It's so hard, as it turns out. So yeah, I, I decided. I was like, Grant actually said just before we started recording. Remember when we used to stand up to do podcasts? And I was like, I'm going to do that. I that never, sounds fun. Not we, you. I never stood up. For okay, I, I used to stand up yeah. a lot, um, and it was great. So I decided it's been years. I'm going to stand up, but. My computer is on the table, <laughs> and, and I need to see it a and lot. And you're using a microphone arm to give a visual. Usually, yeah. when you were standing up in the past, you were just holding the microphone. I think that is was, that true. No, I felt know. like with drunk sports, I had a, uh, oh, I, I had it all set up, but I didn't have to reach. I had it all. I had my computer set up differently too because I knew I was going to stand. Ah, this is. I'm just winging it, man. I'm like, I'm like an alligator in in Spain. Don't say that an alligator in Madrid. That's that fine. would be a great children's book because it's like a fish out of water, an alligator in Madrid. What's what am I doing here? What is he doing there? That's crocodile country. That's true. Yeah. But um, I would advise people, if you're going to do a stand-up podcast, meaning uh-huh. standing up while you're podcasting, yep. a common thing that people you're going to need, a, and, you, and you refer to your computer like to see where Adrian Mateos is from and things like that, it's good to have a table that's the right height instead of set up for you to be sitting down, because otherwise it's, it's not good ergonomically. Right, Let's is, just be clear. Yeah. It's bad for your body. Yeah. Bad for your posture. All the things. Jonathan will die about a year earlier than he was going to. Oh, in order to say that. In order to bring you this podcast. <laughs> that is not a sacrifice worth making. Well, it's too bad because you already did it. You can't it put sucks. the toothpaste back in the tube. I know. It's like you ate, a, you ate a pizza and I lost those three days of my life yeah. and I can't get them back. Yeah. Now, that could mean a few different things. Every <laughs> pizza that you eat, you lose three days <laughs> well, of your it life. Could be, it could be that, yeah, you literally die three days sooner. Yeah. Or it could mean that my reaction to pizza puts me on effectively a three-day bender. Uh, I lose those three days. Oh, like you can't remember what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I don't on. know. I, I could have done anything. You know, I woke <laughs> yeah. up in a garbage can with a raggedy end doll. So and you react half naked. pizza the way other people react to heavy drinking. Yeah. I well, I, you know, gluten and, and dairy, man. Right, right. Same thing. <laughs> it's a whole. It's all poison, bit. man. It's all poison. Exactly. My body just can't handle any of it. This is why you should be a breatharian. Those. Those cannot actually exist, but I know it's a thing that people used to say. They claim they exist, but they don't. Clearly, nobody only survives on air, and it cannot be a problematic for me to say that. <laughs> and I, be- I challenge the future to, s- to say that this does not hold up historically. I think this one's going to hold up. Also, 
this, once again, if you are actually a breatharian for real, yeah, yeah. and you are capable of living yeah. through breath, would you be offended by some poker podcaster saying, I don't believe that could really be a thing? And if you're offended by that, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, well, and if you are, we have got no use for you, and neither is the rest of the world, because you are very thin-skinned for a breatharian. Yeah. Breatharians are tough-skinned. Everyone knows I that. I mean, you have to be. You don't eat. <laughs> yeah, so like... like so like eternal leathery, <laughs> tough skin. I mean, the fucking gall to even be like, oh yeah, I get all my nutrients from breathing. Yeah, you all breathe too, but you don't get your. That's nutrients some like from the- what the fuck is that? That's some like Gwyneth Paltrow to the third power yeah. shit right there. Like so, Gandhi who went on that ninety day hunger strike or whatever it was. The people who go on those big hunger strikes or die of starvation. They're unsuccessfully getting the nutrients. Yeah, yeah. They're just you doing, are success. You are successfully. They don't fucking, know. They don't know the methods. Of, what the hell? They don't know the methods that Clara from Santa Monica has. <laughs> that, like, it does feel like all breatharians are like white upper middle class people. <laughs> Am I wrong? It feels like it feels like they have to be right, and they're I mean, all they're all in the United States. It's the goop audience. It really is. Yeah. it's the goop audience. I, they can't be real though. It's just a thing. I'm looking this up. This is. is see, this, I'm sitting back down because I need to look up. Is this areas. a massive ruse played on us by some entity that's like we're going to convince the world that breatharians exist? <sighs> you know. All right. It's it's actually um, inedia, which is Latin for fasting, also known as breatharianism. It's the claimed ability. Even Wikipedia is like, I mean, come on. Yeah. The claimed ability for a person to live without consuming food. And, so, and in some cases, water it is a deadly pseudoscience that several adherents of this practice have died from starvation or dehydration. Right. They, they say they can do it, and then they die. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Super cool. Multiple cases where the practice was attempted have resulted in failure or death. That is such a dumb way to die. Mm-hmm. That's a ridiculous... I mean, I guess maybe you're just killing yourself and you know it anyway, and it's just a, a cool way, to, socially acceptable way to do it. But that's fair enough. If you're just committing suicide and it's your, it's your version of it, fine. But if you think you're going to live and you die for this reason, you... I mean, this is Darwinism in practice, right? I, I suppose it is. Sorry to anybody who's had a relative of die of breath. But even you know. <laughs> even you're like, but yeah, yeah, the poker guys are right on this one. Well, I mean, if, come on. If you look at it with your logic brain, sure. Or your emotional brain. At some point, you're like, that was stupid, Uncle Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> why, why did you breatharian yourself to death? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm going to use anytime I'm, um, I, I, if I ever go on any kind of hunger strike, I'm going to say I'm breatharian myself. <laughs> that's fucking cool, man. What is a scenario where you would go on a hunger strike? <laughs> um, I think it would have to be like if people refused to give me food. So that's not a strike. Well, that's the, just a... They would be going there, on. They'd be striking. Somebody is starving you. Yeah. That's not a hunger strike. Oh, oh I have to choose it? Yeah, yeah. Like, like you're uh, a political prisoner type hunger strike. Wow. A scenario. Um, if, if Disney Plus... <laughs> <laughs> good start. Good start. <laughs> said that um, The Mandalorian was going to end after season three. I'd have to go on. <laughs> <laughs> Tie yourself to a tree, not eat. You know, it's, it's actually too bad. I was thinking about this because... Um, this is, this is serious news, what I'm about to say. Oh, jeez. So no, it's okay. It all plays back into the joke. Justin Roiland. Oh, I've heard of this. the creator of Rick and Morty. As, at least there's some... Ac- I don't know if he's been arrested or if it's accusation. Something around him in domestic He violence. was arrested. He had oh, to pay 50000 bail back in 2020. Oh, this was a while ago. I didn't, I well, just it just came out. It just oh, came okay. out. So I, didn't, I, haven't looked, I just saw the headline and haven't read it at all. So I'm woefully ignorant, but that's okay. That's not the point. The point of this is there was a, po- there was a time in my life where I was like, the next season of Rick and Morty is... The only show that actually I, or even movie or media that I care about future, future editions of, like, that's the special thing to me. And I really feel like that's important to, like, see. Was this, like, around season three? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think probably after season two, where I was like, this is the best thing going. Yeah. This, the highs are so high. Um, and, like, I no longer feel that way about Rick and Morty. Like, now it's like, eh, it's fine. It's pretty yeah. good. That's it. Um, the highs are never that high anymore, you know? And, like, I feel like that's mostly true for everything. Like, not to say, but to be clear, 2022, best year of TV ever. Loved it. Incredible. But there's nothing I'm dying to see the next season of, I don't think. What a, so what were you getting at? Um, what so, were something about, about oh, Justin? Oh, Mandal- or, oh, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't hunger strike for any yeah. TV show. <laughs> that's, that's my point. Or movie. So why did there you was bring- a point when, like, Star Wars even, I'm like, you know, like, the next, I got to be alive for the next Star Wars movie, like, ah. whenever it comes. But I obviously don't feel that way. Yeah. So 
this is a show. I thought the show was was well watched, but I guess not. Hmm. It was a little bit like over the top as far as the dramatism and stuff. But there was a show called 1899. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. On Netflix. right? Yeah. And I watched it with my wife. Uh, it was like imperfect with the acting and over dramatized. But the story itself was very intriguing. And it ended on a huge cliffhanger and like heard, yeah. a really big like switch from what you expected was happening. And then they canceled it. And People that, are very upset about that. Yeah, because, that. well, the switch is massive. It's yeah. like midway through the season. I might as well tell you, right? Or, you can tell me. But now you're telling everyone. All right. So, so okay. So, it's a spoiler alert for 1899. It's a spoiler alert for 1899. It. If you're the type of person who watch it, watches a show that is a one season show that is supposed to be more than one yeah. season, which you probably wouldn't want to. Let me, let me ask this. If you were to, when you give this spoiler, would it basically ruin anyone even watching the show no matter what? Or like, cause, could you rewatch it now with that knowledge and be like, oh, it's interesting? Or would it be like, now you just can't even watch it? Do you think? I think without, with knowing that there's no f- future seasons, you just can't even watch okay. it with a spoiler. Eh, you can tell me, though. I'm not going to see it because, because it, I was going to watch it, and then it got canceled, and I heard about the cliffhanger. I'm like, well, I'm not even going to do it. Maybe I shouldn't, because there is always a chance that somebody else picks it up, right? It got canceled by Netflix. Oh, yeah. But the producers could still decide to shop it around. I'm sure they're trying. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so okay, fine. Don't Boy, that was a lot to not tell I us know. what happened. But this, is, this isn't telling you anything. Yeah. But midway through the season, there's like a reveal, and it's like, oh, now I know what's going on. And then you don't. Yeah, that, I like that. Yeah. But it's done well. I really like that yeah. stuff. Um, the movie Glass Onion does ver- does much smaller stakes, lower lower versions of that. Yeah. Where it's like, you think you know what's going on, and they're like, oh, no, no, it's not that. It's this other thing. And then like a little bit, it's like, it is that, but it's also this other thing that's been happening the whole time. And you're like, oh, yeah. cool, cool. And then it's like, oh, now I see I see all the layers. Then it's like, oh, no, there's another layer past that. And it's it's fun, and it's, it's a fun ex- ex- way of doing it. Where mm-hmm. And it plays into all the um, murder mystery tropes. Yeah. So it, like you sort of like fall into it like oh I think I understand this and they're like you don't which is which is cool. So anyway, if you were gonna kill yourself, yeah, yeah, back you to would that. do the breatharian thing. It would have. Oh no no! If it's if I was gonna go on a hunger uh, strike, I wouldn't do it for Rick and Morty or the Mandalorian. Oh okay. Yeah, that Mandal- I want to make sure everyone really. I was just so everyone knows. But so it seems absolutely it's okay with me if they end the Mandalorian. <laughs> it seems like if you were it's to not do a big a, deal. if you were to do a hunger strike, though, yes. it would have something to do with some piece of media. <laughs> well, it would have in the past maybe, but now. I don't know. If th- I don't think there's anything worth like. What if after before. the West Wing season three, they were like, "It's Ooh, canceled." That would have been a rough one. Is that is that a Jonathan Levy hunger strike moment? No, but that would. But but I have watched the first four seasons of the West Wing probably seven times, like literally, um, and we'll watch it again because mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think there's anything in the world I would hunger strike for that I'm aware of. Like literally, I don't think anything that I'm gonna. Threaten to kill myself and actually take actions towards it? I can't think of it. I mean, I can think of a dark scenario where it could happen, where there's like an authoritarian regime is installed in the United States that doesn't like let you out of your house, basically. You know, like extreme, extreme authoritarianism. Yeah. That type of thing. If there's some sort of movement for hunger striking. How does me killing myself help that situation? I don't know. I could imagine a scenario where you, you get up, you get wound up with a ragtag group of rebels and (laughs) you end up captured and it's your, it's your way to show the world that you're resilient. I guess I could see myself doing a very short hunger strike. Like a day? <laughs> well, like eight to nine hours, maybe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Where it's like... When I you're wanna... asleep. <laughs> you know, I, could, I guess I could see some scenario like that where it's like a three-day hunger strike. But that's not a hunger strike. That's a fast. Yeah. You know, that's breatharianism. Yeah. <laughs> like an actual hunger strike is like, you know, 12 days and shit it's like that. Till you die. 20 days, whatever. It that's be... a threat, right? Yeah. Like... No one should even take me threatening to kill myself seriously. I really like being alive and have no interest in dying. So, but it, I'm, I'm just that, telling the that's authori- why future authoritarian regimes. You should know. Well, that what, about me. what's implicit in my scenario is yes. that your life is no longer that good. You know, like it's pretty bad now. I, I understand. I feel like I'm not built that way, though. I feel like I'm built as like the survivor mentality. So, like, no matter how bad it gets, I'm just like, okay. So you're basically Roberto Benigni in Life Is Beautiful. Well, he was faking it. For okay, his but kid. You, but you but you were as if you were not faking it. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Uh, this is not a perfect example because of lots of reasons. And everyone's going to recognize that. But COVID happened. And, you know, for a while, I spent a lot of time alone in my apartment. You sure. Know, like a long, like, you know, every, I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah. I did too. And I, like, really got myself to the point where, sure, there were times when it wasn't great. But, like, I, like, liked it. I just, I turned it into a thing. I was like, this is cool. And, like, like I'm gonna learn this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. and I like and I made it into like something that I enjoyed, even though I, I know a lot of people struggled with it. A lot which, of people really struggled. Right. Yeah. And and I'm not saying I had no struggles with it. I definitely felt melancholy at times for sure. sure. Um, 
And it was like, yeah, this is, you're going to feel this way sometimes in these situations. It's okay. But, like, but I was surprised even at how resiliently I like bounced from that. And like to the point where I was like, I, I kind of like this. Like I'm enjoying this. And like not just like moments, not for like a moment here or there, but like for really long months, I would feel that way at a time. Um, so I feel like I'm the kind of guy where the authoritarian regime like locks us in our homes. So I'm like, this sucks, but, you know, like... At least I can watch the censored ex- version of Fight Club. Exactly. <laughs> like, all right, all right. I know what Helena Bottom Carter says there. It's okay if I can't hear it right now. <laughs> I, I can, in my mind, put it back. Yeah. You know, when she says, uh, I believe she says, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know. Yeah. That's cool. it, by the way, you know the story behind that line, since we're talking about censorship? No. Here's the really quick version. So the original version of that line was, um, will you have my abortion with me? Uh-huh. Basically, right? Um, she says that after she sleeps with the Brad Pitt slash Edward Norton yeah. character for the first That's time. That's a much worse line than what ended up being in the, well, in the movie. Well, it depends on who you talk to. But uh, I just mean... So, so Fox is the, was, the make, was the studio behind yeah. it. And they were like, you can't have that move. You can't have that line in there. Like, you can't. Yeah. And Fincher fought super hard for it, the abortion line. And they, they, they like went to like the, the nails with it. Is that a phrase? I don't the know. knives? I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, to the point where Fox finally agreed that Fincher could put any other line in the world in there except that one. As long as it didn't do with abortion. It, I couldn't, guess. it couldn't, yeah, it couldn't be any version of that line. Yeah. So he had to come with something different, but anything else was okay. That was the, they had one veto, they were using it on that without knowing what the other ones were. So he did, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. And they apparently begged him <laughs> to like switch it back even, yeah. like, because to them that was worse. But he's like, sorry. And so it stayed in there. And by the way, it's a better line. It is a better line. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's the short, wonderful tale of Fight Club censorship. All right. What's the short? Well, there's also the tale of how China tried to censor the end of Fight Club. Do you know about this? No. This happened like a year ago where there's some, I don't know exactly how Fight Club was being dispersed to the Chinese people through some streaming app, I guess. But the government thought it was too anti-authoritarian. And so at Mm. the end, instead of the buildings blowing up, there's like a black screen that goes over and it says something along the lines of um, the police came swiftly and the criminals were apprehended. (laughs) And there was, there was so much, there was so much pushback on it that they like stopped. They're like, okay, just watch then. It's fine. That is wild. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The police came swiftly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's hard to control people, man. You know? Well, Well, maybe it isn't hard, but it's, it's a little hard. You end up doing ridiculous shit when you're yes. trying to. Like that's what, that, that is that's so ridiculous. Is. That's the. I guess it works to. I guess it works enough. Governments would be like, it's not that hard. We're doing okay over yeah. here, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get to this hand. This really, really fabulous hand. Yeah, and this table is just absurd. Where, by the way, is uh, is what's his name? The goat, the guy who's always winning everything these days. Uh, Michael Adama. Michael, is this just? Is it 10K? Is it too small of a buy-in for him? He's like, I'm not going to play the 10K. I doubt it. I mean, everyone's playing. Foxen's playing it. Winter's playing. But there's it, five players Peters. remain, and he's he's not one of them. It, Something must have gone wrong. He did not finish in the. He did not money in this. Daniel Negreanu played it. I'm sure he's playing it too, unless he's not here for some reason. But um, Justin Young played it. Kerry Katz played it. Dylan Lind played it. I mean, I'm re- I'm reaching here <laughs> at this point. These are just the people who cash. Shouldn't, shouldn't Michael Damo just be sat into the money with like a 2x <laughs> chip stack? Just Basically, left. he buys it and they're like, no, no, keep your money. Here's $30,000. Yeah. You have a medium stack. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, sorry. You have your you're the overwhelming chip. Yeah, leader, yeah. sir. I'm sorry. There's six left. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go get them. <laughs> We're all rooting for you, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course we are. So this this event did have 90 entrants. And all we know is Adama didn't cash. All right, and, uh, and, this, this, and it finished yesterday as we're recording. This was suggested by Chris Jones, Leo Chen, Ovi Kenobi, and Magnet Carta. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. And this was, I saw this hand uh, on YouTube last night as, you know, part of the stream or whatever, and I freaked out and wrote it down myself to us like, oh my God, I hope someone suggests this. And I'm happily, immediately we got four suggestions. Good job, everyone. This is such a breakdown hand. So what are the payout situations here? Okay, there's five left, correct? Yeah. Okay, fifth place is, this is $10,000 buy-in, 90 entrance. Fifth place, $72,000. Fourth is 90. Third is 108. Second is 153. And first is $216,000. So, you know, it's, it's 3X from where we are, but it's not an insane jump the way it feels like sometimes we see. Right, and all of these, fifth to first. and none of these players are scared of this money. I think that is correct. I would think if I had to guess, Joe Chung is probably the most, quote, money scared, but... But he's not money scared. How could Joe... I mean, he didn't he win, like, $7 million that time or something? I mean, well, he's, $3 million? He's had a very successful career. Of course. Yeah. Of course he has. And, the, and these money jumps 
I, I agree. I, I doubt anyone is money scared at all. It actually made for fascinating viewing at this final table because um, with seven left, which is where they started the final table, David Peters was the overwhelming chip leader. And then they sort of passed around who was the overwhelming chip leader multiple times, which was cool. It's, I mean, this, it's really extraordinary to have five players remaining in a tournament. And it's pretty clear that Joseph Chong is the worst of them. I think... It's possible even Joseph Chung would agree with that. And that is absurd because he is an elite player. He's elite, but no one thinks he's in the top 30 tournament players in the world. But Adrian Mateos, David Peters, Alex Foxen, and Sean Winter all might be. The only guy who isn't definitely is Adrian Mateos, and he probably is. I think the only guy who isn't definitely is David Peters, actually. Really? David Peters? Yeah. Wow. I think he's fallen off a bit as far as his recent You crazy son. I mean, they're all all amazing players. Yeah. I can't believe you said I, that I feel like David Foxen Peters. and Winter are clearly the top two. It seems like that's true. It seems like that's true. Although Mateos is fucking amazing, and so is Peters. I don't know. Wait, what's David Peters Hendon? Mr. Hendon? Mr. Uh, Hendon? 17 million. See, this is the thing. You just don't understand who David Peters is. It's $42 million. Really? 41.7. Yeah, he's seventh all time on the okay, list. Okay, maybe I don't. Yeah, so David Peters and me would like you to fuck off and show some respect. Okay, all right, maybe... maybe that, what's let's, the, let's do some of the others. What's, what do you think Mateos is at this point? $32 million. That's really good. $30 million. Okay. Nice job. 16th. All right, I guess we're doing this. Well, we, we kind of have a sense of, Sh- of Alex Fox and Sean Winter, right? I don't think so. Well, what's Sean Winter? It's been a while since we did this. Sean okay. Winter, I'm going to go 24. And indeed, he's at 23.26. It's so sick how mostly... So this is David Peters, like, he gets everyone. Yeah. And he's off by me by, like, a, by like three fucking yeah, yeah. I orders guess, of magnitude. I guess magnitude. There's, there's a little David Peters hole in my brain. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, maybe this is fixing it. Alex Foxen? 34. I thought you were going to be more off on this than you are. It's 27 and change. Still very close. He's 22nd overall. Um, Joseph Chong. We're finally going to do Joseph Chong because, you know, we're here. And then that's going to be it. 17. Yes, sixteen point four. I mean, that's still very impressive. But wow, like it's, it's it does show like you just don't uh, you just didn't have the yeah. right respect for David Peters. Right, and I really picking these numbers like I don't have any sense of these numbers except for Winter. We did somewhat recently. I might have had a bit of a yeah. sense of that. So yeah, David Peters at almost forty two million dollars, bro. What is his? What are his big wins? I guess I'm just not remembering his big wins. I'm trying to look. Well, in uh, May of twenty twenty two, he won a seventy five thousand dollar. High roller bounty event for one point one million. That can't be one of his biggest wins if he's got. I mean, 40. I'm working. I'm working my way back. I'm just only doing seven figures here. Um, he won a. He came in second in a two hundred k event at the Aria in 2021 for over a million nine hundred thousand dollar win second place uh, in a hundred k. I mean, this is part of how you get these numbers so big as you play all these hundred k's. But yeah. he's also David fucking Peters. Um, Anything over four million? I don't think so. Um, here's a. Uh, this is like, I think, a 100K buy-in where he, he got about a million dollars. He also got another million dollars a month earlier and another 100K buy-in, finishing first and fifth, respectively. He's got sig- multiple... Here, oh, God. Here, in the space of a month, he has three seven-figure scores. Holy mo- holy macaroni. All right. I may have underestimated David Peters. This is in 2018. He has a third place for 1.4, a first for 1.1, and a second for 1.8. One at the uh, WSOP Europe, one where he just won 100K, and another one where he finished third in a 250K. I mean, again, you're, you're playing these huge buy-ins, yeah. so it's easier to win a million dollars, but come on. This yeah. is incredible. All right. I, I may have underestimated David Peters. He had like six $1 million-plus scores, I think, in 2018. Maybe it's five, but like, wow. I wonder what his buy-ins were total in 2018. Oh, my God. His, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we don't really know anything about any of these players. In terms of their actual profit. Like, what right? was his ROI? It was, probably, I mean, it was probably positive if he had that many. Bases. I have to believe it's positive, but... But it might have been, like, 40% or it might have been 15%. Or, it's hard to know. Yeah. yeah, like, if David Peters' total earnings, which as of t- this moment are $41,694,782, how much of that is actual profit? Forgetting about... Let's not even do travel expenses right, right. and hotel expenses. Well, that's travel. You know, all the expenses that go around. Yeah. It. And we just do tournament buy-ins alone. I'm going to guess something like... Four to six million. I would have guessed a little bit more, but I was thinking he's probably got to have at least 30 million in tournament buy ins, right? At least. Oh, that's not, it's got to be more than that, even, right? Oh, I hope so. So, 30, yeah. So, so you're probably right. Yeah. So, four, four to eight million is probably his profit. Yeah. And then he's backed, I'm sure. So, how much of that does he keep? Two million, two and a half. 
He's actually homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, man. It's it's not as glamorous as it looks entirely from the outside, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's the, not the, so bad to have two two and a half million dollars in profit over the last whatever over your poker career, and you don't have to risk anything. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. But you know, the guy who's won forty two million dollars probably doesn't isn't sitting on you know he's not he's not flying around in private jets either. No, the way for it to be glamorous is to win the main event and yes. that be the biggest buy-in that you ever play. That is a good way to do it. Yeah. You Chris Moneymaker, that yeah. shit. Except that's, and you do it when the main event is not worth $2 million, but worth 10 Or million. do you mark in, Martin Jacobs in it? Because he played like 5Ks and 10Ks, but he never did the high roller circuit, huh. I don't think. Maybe he did a little bit. I think he did a little bit afterward, but not yeah. even that much. But he won $10 million in the main. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I mean, don't, again, how much of himself did he have? We don't know. Likely a decent chunk. You're right. You're right. He probably had like 70% of himself. I know John Sin had, I think, uh, 88% of himself. Ooh, that's a good number. Yeah. Remember, we had uh, Batiste ha- had the opportunity to have a piece of Ryan Reese. Right? That's right. Turned yeah. it down, right? Yep. Who? And it was like, it was like not a tiny. Ch- it was more than one percent, I think, too. Right? I don't remember what the percentage was, but it was like going to be at least reasonable six figures. I think. He I think that might have been the case. Yeah, because <laughs> he like knew Ryan Reese or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it didn't work out. You and I have our version of that, right? When yes. Our buddy Mitch Towner won the monster stat. I was not offered a piece. Okay. But I, I mean, and it didn't occur to me to ask for a piece. I which was, was a mistake. I was offered a piece, and I was just busy and didn't take yeah. it. Yeah. Oops. I don't think I would have taken it anyway, to be fair. Like, I think I would have turned it down. Um, and then, yeah, like our friend did it and turned he like $600 into $50,000 or something. $250. Like, $250? It was like $55,000 yeah. he got, right? Wow. Okay, I've just got to breathe that one out for a second. Yeah. yeah. It was so cheap. Oh, my God. All right. You would do that now knowing Mitch, obviously. Of course, of course. Yeah. I'm sure it wouldn't cost $250 anymore, though. Yeah. Either. So, anyway. Let's get over our... Um, you know what? I'm going on a hunger strike. This is too much. I, well, it's not a hunger strike. I plan from now on to get my nutrients from the air. Uh-huh. In, in Ediba, I believe is what they call mm. it. Um, it's, it's easy. It's uh, breatharianism. And it's you just, a, if you just breathe a little bit more <laughs> different... Deeply. Like, yeah. Breathe that extra... Breathe that protein right in yeah, yeah. from the air. It's in there. Yeah. I mean, everything's just atoms, bro, and I molecules. mean, think about it. The Big Bang happened. All of, all of the right. matter that exists today came from that... So why could you not just breathe in protein and carbohydrates? Apparently, um, water breaks into pieces so small that essentially any, any like water in a glass has been mixed with pretty much all, of the, all the other water at some point. Huh. To the point where Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson said, like, if you drink a glass of water, the water, the water you drink from that glass, like, surely that water will, some of that water will have been in, like, Caesar's stomach. And Mark Antony's stomach, and like name name anyone from the past that'll have been in all their stuff. No, we're just going with that era in that part of the I world. Just, I just picked that because I couldn't think of another person to pick right there and then. But I, then I said other I said other people from other eras. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to the hand? <laughs> yeah, he always picks on me. Why is he such a bully? You know, some people learn different ways. Your way to learn is to be bullied. I wish it wasn't true. But it's so I true. Wish, I wish I just responded well to positive feedback. But you just are like so excited <laughs> with positive feedback that you just don't, you're no longer productive. Yeah. That's the problem. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody says it. All right. Five remain. Okay. Okay. 72K payout, 250K or something for first. It doesn't matter. These guys are top level guys. Yeah. They are not going to be climbing the ladder unless there's an extreme ICM situation. Well, and to be fair, there was at different points, people would have like, th- Joe, at one point, Joe Chung had three blinds. At one point, Shaw Winter had two blinds. Like, so there were lots of interesting. This is actually a cool final table to like watch, and it's on YouTube. I encourage people to check it out. All right. Poker Masters. Yeah. It's 40K, 80K. It folds to Alex Foxen in the small blind, who's got 2.8 million. Yep. He opens to 250K with ace nine off. Ace of clubs, nine of diamonds. Any qualms with sizing? Feels fine. I see. It feels totally fine. He's three axing it at, the, at this stage of the tournament. Sounds great. Right. And the effective stack is Mateos in the big blind with 2.4 million. He's got 30 blinds. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a totally normal thing. You have some fold equity. For sure. Yeah, it's the, fine. People were mostly min raising not from this spot and getting it through a lot, as you would imagine, because people were not calling with ridiculous hands. What's your guess about these guys at this table? Foxen with ace nine. If Mateos were to move in for 2.45, what would he do with ace nine? I think he's folding ace nine. I think he's just barely folding it for and 30 calling points. ace 10. I, th- I know he's calling ace jack. Yeah. Um, ace 10 suited for sure, I think is a call. I shouldn't say for sure, but I'm almost sure. Ace nine is close, but I think he probably folds it 
Because he's in a pretty good... Is he, is he the chip leader right now with uh, I don't five think left? So. I can take a quick look. See he's, I... he's at least... I uh, know. I think right now it's like there's a bunch of guys who have the similar chip, uh, chip stacks, right? You can just see it on the video. It has oh, all the stacks. Oh, I lost the video. The, you fucked it all up, huh? Uh, the, the jerks, they did it to me. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I remember that, like, right at this point... No, like, you're right. He is the chip leader, but they all have extremely similar yes. stacks, except Chong has one million. Okay. Um, but, like, whatever. So Chong's got 12, 12 and a half lines. Um, but I think that's a reason not to, like, lose your mind with Ace-9 here and just call it off. Like, yeah. Like, okay, so once in a while, Mateos moves in with a worse hand. Fine. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, we're never that far ahead. I mean, that's not true. He could have Ace-8. And we're yeah. Really, but is, is Mateos moving in with Ace-8 very often? Maybe. Really, maybe. I mean, like, at this table with these players, I think these, these guys will be more likely to take those high-variance moves than if it was, like, the main event with a bunch of noobs. I mean, Mateos gets to be in position. I, I don't think he's doing it that often with Ace-8. But, it, I mean, by the way, it's not wrong to move in with Ace-8. Like, of course not. For that many blinds, it's okay to do. But... As you go further down the Ace-X ladder, there's not too many other hands it's, it's okay to do it with. So I don't think Ace-9 is probably good enough. I think it's a fold. But, you know, Alex Foxen makes decisions I don't, and he's more right than I am, so yep. to be clear. Anyway, we'll never know. Yeah. Adrian Mateos with his 30 blinds calls from the big blind with 8-9 of hearts. What a beauty. That is pretty. Everybody's third favorite hand. Yep. Behind, obviously, Queen-Jack of spades. No, no, no. And 4-5 off. 4-5 off is a good one. Yeah, for, well, I, I should be clear. Four diamonds, five of hearts. Clubs. They have to be red. Clubs. Five of clubs. They have to be the same color. What if you're playing with a one-color deck? Then oh. they are. Oh, I thought you were going to say something stupid, and then you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People say that to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. There they do. Yeah. I can verify that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, any, any reason to ever three-bet this hand in this spot with these attack depths? Eight, nine of hearts. I shouldn't say there's no reason. I mean, it's fine to three bet this hand. You get you have real fold equity, and when called in position, this hand plays pretty well. Sure, I think it's okay to do it at these stack deaths. I'm not really excited to do it though, um, and I mostly just want to call for two blinds and see a flop. Like, yep. we're getting like a good price. We're getting like two and a half to one to call, so it seems like a pretty easy call. Yeah, right. With because of course the big blind anties in there too. So I mostly want to call here, but I think it's okay, especially if you're going to have a three-betting range. You need to have some bluffs. This is not a terrible bluffing hand. I understand we like to have an ace, a blocker in our hand, but especially against a small blind, we don't have to be as crazy. Yeah. We can pick some other slightly more exotic hands. This mm, is a good one. Exotic. This flops well enough that I think this is a reasonable hand to, to pick sometimes. Sure, but it also flops well when you call. Yeah, I mean, really, I'm calling this almost always in this yeah. spot, even if I'm Mateos, I think. But... It's okay to have a... I think you need to have a little bit of three bets with this hand. Yeah, probably. Anyway, he calls. He does the normal thing. Yep. 580K in the pot. The flop is five of hearts, queen of clubs, six of diamonds. Woo! 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 Cooler alert. Cooler alert. You woo. just decided to make a noise, huh? And then yeah. you're like, I'm going to back this noise up with cooler no. alert. Cooler no. Alert. I just thought it was funny. You know, I had that playing the whole time. Great job. Alex Fox has ace high. Going on a hunger strike. <laughs> Adrian Mateos <laughs> has a gut shot. Yeah. And a backdoor heart draw. Five of hearts, queen of clubs, six of diamonds. Foxen with ace of clubs, nine of diamonds. Mateos with eight, nine of hearts. Foxen is going to continue okay. for 145K. What do you think of this? Um, I think it's fine. I think we're going to get a lot of insta folds. Yep. And it's just the pot is valuable at this point when everybody has a 30 blind stack. It's yep. useful to win this pot. Yep. Um, we're mostly not going to continue on turns, I don't think. I guess a club turn we could continue if we wanted because we have the ace of clubs, which sets up some interesting bluffing opportunities. I suppose, but um, but M- there's very Mateos few is turns. not often going to care about the backdoor clubs coming in when we're 30 blinds effective if he has a big hand and we end up all in on the river. Um, that's a fair point. That's, that's actually a very fair point. Um, we're maybe, maybe a seven or an eight we continue because we pick up some equity, but mostly we're just going to bet once and shut it down if we don't improve, right? Yeah, that sounds fine. We yeah. bet. We probably are checking. We might bet an ace actually, but we're certainly checking a nine if we hit it. But I think I think it's totally reasonable to bet, and I would be betting here. Okay, that's what he does. One forty-five into five eighty, pretty small. Yep. All right, Adrian, do you want to raise or call? I think because we have position, and because we would expect, as we just said, Alex is going to take a lot of shots at this flop. Mm-hmm. He probably has a lot of shutdowns on the turn. 
and we can do a very low variance play by calling here and see what he yeah. does. And by the way, we can also call if he has a big hand, we could make the nuts and get it all. And when we miss, which we're mostly going to do, and he checks, we can win a lot also. It's a pretty good deal. What do you think about the free river play here? Oh, so like you make it like 450. I was even going to go smaller, but yeah. You could, I mean, if you made it 330 even, it's yeah. 145, you make it through. Foxing can only call with certain. Fox, let's assume Foxing's calling with all pairs. Yeah, let's say he has ace queen. Right. Let's say he has ace five and decides to bet for equity protection. Yeah. Let's assume he even calls the 330. Okay. Yeah. But everything, essentially every non pair and every non draw, which is most, most draws, there are very few draws here and we block yeah. most of the draws. Um, he just has to fold Mostly. right away. And we get, we get two shots at it. The problem, of course, is I'm worried about the free river play because I don't know if we have enough equity to go for it. I wouldn't think about it without the backdoor hearts. Mm, I see. Just the gut shot's not really enough. I Are we think. never continuing on backdoor hearts? I think we might continue on ba- if the hearts come in. I guess that's true. So it's a free river in the case that we only have a gut shot. Mm. It's not, I mean, it can't be that bad to do because we're going sh- to win a lot. Yeah. Even with the small arrays. I think even my sizing is going to work a lot. Um, a call works really nicely, though. We, we might be able to do... A, a, this may just be a lower, safer way yeah. to do most of the same kind of a thing where I assume Alex is mostly giving up on turns. Yep. Mostly. Probably. Where he doesn't have... I mean, if he has something, fine. And then we can mostly fold unless we pick up a heart or we you know, actually improve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mateo's calls. Yeah. Nitro betting calls to your heartstrings. They call to your heartstrings and they say... I'm gonna twiddle your heartstrings. <laughs> I'm nitro betting. They're they're calling to the heartstrings and they're saying I'm gonna twiddle your heartstrings. They're they're not addressing no, no, the no. correct no please entity. listen please listen oh okay they are calling to your heartstrings which they themselves have heartstrings so they are saying to your heartstrings oh I'm gonna twiddle the heartstrings your have heartstrings. heartstrings yeah holy shit do you I, see how deep this goes. This is Inception 2.0. This is 1899, but maybe the last twist, not even the middle one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> By the way, is that the twist of 1899 yeah, at the end? Yeah, this is the double heartstring. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> what else could it be? Yeah. I mean, it's, once, you, once you get there, it's so obvious that that was it the whole it's time. Like, oh, now when I go back and rewatch it, it's like it's everything's like were, different. It was like when you see Brad Pitt in Fight Club when, in the little blips. <laughs> That's it's right. like that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, no spoilers about Fight Club, of course. 1998 movie. Anyway... Nitro betting. It'll twiddle your heartstrings, heartstrings. And the only way for that to happen is to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up. That will get you access to our cool promotions, which include free stuff in sports betting, like March Madness stuff, football stuff, World Cup, you know, tennis, sorts tennis of stuff. and shit. I don't know. You don't even believe Badminton. all the stuff they got. But we do have free entries to stuff that pay out in actual money, so that's pretty nice. That, is, that part's good. That, that's legit. Um, yeah. There's also the monthly Poker Guys tournament every Sunday. The last Sunday, not every Sunday, the last Sunday of every month. I mean, yeah. There's casino games, mm-hmm. there's sports betting that's, you know, just the normal sports betting, which is fun to do as well. It's great. You should get in there. They pay out right away. They do. They don't fuck around with your money. I love that. They heartstring your heartstrings to your heart's content. Whoa. So I, heartstring is also a verb in this Yeah, case? yeah, yeah. No, this is a completely different discussion. I'm just happened to I just happen to be using heartstring as a verb in this oh. situation because it's the best word to use here. Right? I'm not going to limit myself because it might seem redundant or re- repetitive. But right. It's, but it's not. You right. understand? Yes. It's the same thing as like I've been card dead in this cash game. I better open Jack Five suited under the gun. It's not like that. Right. You know, it's not because I've been card dead. It's because you you just picked up a hand. Yeah. You have aces. Yeah. And that's what heartstring. Yeah, heartstring. Your heartstring. Heartstring is a verb. It's this, yeah, this it's, a, it's a verb. <laughs> this all makes sense. Don't worry about it. It'll make more sense when you use the link. We'll see you on Nitro Betting. I feel like sometimes this podcast is better if you go to sleep and hit play, and it just sort of worms its way into your dreams. That's you probably know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're not haunting your dreams at this point, I don't know what you're doing. Someone's doing something wrong. You or us? I'm yeah. not sure which. Yeah, yeah. We got to figure that out. Yeah. You know? the dream haunting quota must be met. Try, try going to sleep while it's playing. It's, if we are not happens. causing Chris Jones to wake in a frightful scream covered <laughs> in sweat, then we are doing it wrong. I had the dream again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris Jones, yeah. let us know what the dream is. Then we can you know, satiate ourselves with your pain. Anyway, 870K in the pot. Yes. 
Eight nine of hearts for Adrian Mateos. Ace nine off for Alex Foxen. The flop is five of hearts, six of diamonds, queen of clubs. So Mateos has a gut shot and a backdoor heart draw. The turn is the deuce of diamonds. Doesn't change anything. Three four gets there, but neither player has that. Obviously, yeah. As Foxen, do you shut it down here? Yes. All right, that's what he does. He I thinks very clearly. We don't think we're falling out of pair very often on the turn. Three four does come in. We don't have blockers to anything. We're done. All right, he does. He checks. Cool. As Mateos, you kind of have to take the open door bet, right? That was the whole plan when right. we call, right? If we're not going to raise and we call this hand, it'd be really weird to check this back. How do you want to size it? 870 in the pot. That's a good question. Um, well, we believe that there's not too much to be afraid of. Like, we, we assume if Foxen had a queen, he'll continue most of the time. He'll have some checks, of course. but Of course. Yeah. But, like, a lot of his queens are getting continue. Um, and we would also assume that if he picked up any draws, unless he's check-raising all-in, he's continuing, and he's rarely check-raising all-in here, right? Yeah. Because um, if he has the draws, then he's blocking some of our draws, and he's more likely to... I would, I would assume he's mostly just going to continue betting. Anyway. So we don't have to worry too much about 3-4. I think he'd absolutely bet 3-4. Yes, for sure. I think sure. if he had a set, he'd bet. I think if he had two pair, he'd bet. I think if he had a good queen, he'd almost always bet. I think if he had picked up diamonds on the turn, he'd mostly bet and sometimes check-raise. Sometimes check raise, yeah. I think if he had 7-8, which is hard because we block it, but of course he can have it, or 4-7, I think he'd mostly bet and sometimes check raise. He'd but sometimes, he's got to have some check raises with made hands, too, if he's going to be doing these things. That of you're course about. you're right. Of course you're right. Um, but like mostly, uh, but I'm saying like most of his stuff that he's interested in, he's going to bet, is my point, be it draws or made hands. Yeah. So I think we absolutely have to, this is as green a light as we can get. Let's drive the truck on through. And you're saying, how much should we size it? I don't know if we need to size it that big is what I'm getting to. Because I think he's got a lot of folds. If he's got a five or a six or a pocket pair between sixes and queens, I don't think he's folding no matter how we size it. Mm -hmm. um, I think if he doesn't have any of those things, he's almost always folding. We just want to size it so this hand that he has right now folds. Like, we want to make sure we fold out the ace highs. I don't think it should be hard to fold out the ace highs. Half pot-ish? Do we need to... Half pot should be more than enough. Like, normally you size up and go 80% yeah. of the pot here. Do we need to do that for any reason? No. I think, yeah, 400, 450 should, be, should get it done. Yeah. He goes 280. Wow. It's pretty small. That is small. Now, this could be a tournament field-based bet yeah. where the size of bets in this tournament might just be a lot smaller right now because the average stack is 30 blinds. Mm -hmm. And every bet is more impactful. You don't need to go as big. Even though the math stays the same, it changes the impact of the bet. The thing that's interesting about this bet is you, it's almost like Mateos is saying just what I said, like, I'm not folding out any pair and it doesn't matter. So yeah. why would I ever bet 80% of the pot? What he, do I he, do? He does go a little extra small though. He does. But he's like, if I'm not folding out, if all the things that are calling are calling anyway, if it's, if it's pretty damn binary, I just want to put some chips out there and get all the folds I'm going to get. So as long as Fox unfolds this hand and hands like this, it's fine. Well, Fox and calls. Of course he does. Cause it's a breakdown hand, but how, why does Fox and call? Can I ask that, please? Well, I got to ask before that. Do you think his decision changes if Mateos makes it 450? I mean, I would think so. I would think so. Um, but I'm surprised he calls even for 280, quite frankly. Still, he does, which is an indictment of the bet. It doesn't have to be an indictment. It could be an indictment of how great Foxen is also, that he somehow understands what the fuck's going on to a level that no one else in the world does. I don't understand why he calls. Do you? No, because... If you're going to call with some ace highs, you wouldn't want to block any relevant draws. And the nine blocks two gut shot combo, two, two gut shot hand types. Yeah. Seven, nine, and eight, nine. Right. Yeah. Three, four came in. Mateos bet enough that he can absolutely have any one pair of hand. There's right? no suits to block. He can just have a six and be betting. He could have a five and be betting just yeah. for equity denial. Yeah. I mean, uh, going into this hand, I already knew my thought process. Maybe it'll change, but yeah. it was like the nine is a really bad card to have. As Seems Foxen. like it. It's, it's not a good card. But he's Alex Fox and he knows that. Yeah. is isn't like he's like da doy. He's like completely course, on that. Of course. So, so it's very interesting that... So, but I would guess that 450 would do it. Yeah. But I would have guessed that 280 would do it too, in fairness. So I, maybe I'm just wrong. It's uh, possible that at this price, Foxen's like, I'm ahead enough of the time. I just have right. to call with this hand. It's one of my better aces, you know? What are we actually beating? We're, be we're beating... 8, 9, and 7, 9, which we blocked. 4, 7... Four seven, which um, we don't block, and maybe some worse ace highs that decide to bet the turn. Maybe Mateos has some um, two back door floats. It was a very small bet on the flop, one forty five into five eighty. Mm. Like 
if he had jack ten of clubs, diamonds, or hearts, you know, he could have a hand like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Mateos is the. I will say this: Mateos is sort of obligated to bet all his non-showdownable hands. Yeah. And he's maybe maybe Foxen thinks Mateos isn't betting a lot of his showdownable hands that are that are medium, strength. like a five or a six. Yeah. Maybe he thinks he's actually not equity denying, and he's just checking those back. Maybe. So now it's like queen, straight two weird two pair, or I'm ahead. Right, and that some, that makes it easier. And to some call. of the queens might even raise the flop. You know, yes. at this at this yes. SPR. That's right. They might. Um, okay, that makes it a little more clear as to why Foxen might find a call here. I still really don't like having the nine. Nope. Blocking... I, I think I still fold without thinking much of it, but Foxen, as I have already mentioned, is a better player. Yeah. So the fact that he finds a call means he's probably right, and I'm probably wrong, but I don't really get why. It's possible Mateos made a sizing mistake here, yeah. and Foxen just feels obligated to call with this. Yeah. Um, it's weird because if Foxen feels obligated to call with this hand, is he calling with... All the other reasonable hands of this ilk, then two probably, because this is like we said, one of the worst ones to call. Like Ace Eight is worse. Fine, Ace Seven. Ace Seven's the worst of them. Yeah, fine. But is King Queen? Would he be calling with King Queen also then? That's top pair. Oh yeah, sorry, King Jack. I don't know. I think he would be concerned that he could be behind An some Ace, ace Highs sometimes yeah. that have two back doors in the flop, as opposed to Ace Nine where he's like. Any better ace would have three bet pre flop. Yeah, so yeah. like like ace ten is almost never flatting. Yeah, there. so I'm I'm ahead of all the non made hands. Yeah, that maybe that plays. Maybe that's why he thinks the nine actually has value. Again. Yeah, okay, that could be it. And he's like it's better than it's it's way better than ace seven and and significantly better than ace eight too. Yeah, so fuck it, it blocks up, but it's the best. It's the best unmade hand basically for almost for sure. That's interesting. Okay, and with this price, I can call. And hope it goes check, check. Or improve once in a while, and maybe I even win. Still, it seems like questionable at best without, you know, I, I'm sure it's fine because he did it. But wow, from the outside, it seems like yeah. I, I just wouldn't ever occur to me to make this call. You have to put Mateos on a lot of floats on the flop. And maybe he yeah. does have, like, every single two-back-door float. Maybe yeah. he has all of them, you know, and that, and that adds up to a lot, yeah. right? So maybe maybe that just makes the price good enough. Anyway, pot's now 1.43 million, mm-hmm. and the river is the deuce of hearts. So pairs the deuce, queen, five, six, uh, deuce, deuce. Yep. With no, no flush coming in. Diamonds were on the turn, but none of that came in. Fox and checks. Yes. Do you have to go for it as Mateos? You do not. What about when you realize you sized it extra small on the turn? It uh, makes it a little bit more like you want to go for it when he signs it extra small. That is Everybody's been there who's listening to this podcast, yes, of right? of course. Of course. You're like, did I do this to myself? The thing, oh, maybe this is one of the reasons why Mateo sides it so small, though, is because he has a little less than a pot size bet. And if he sizes it any bigger... No, he has more than a pot size bet. He doesn't go all in. That's what you're thinking. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah, you saw his bet size and you thought that was all in it. I it's did. It's not all in. I did. Um, you could have sized it bigger and had oh, a pot size so, bet. So he had the option to do that. Yeah. Okay. How much does he have total? He com- had 2.45 million to start the hand. So he put in 280 plus 145. So it's like 1.8. He's got ish. Yeah. So there's 1.4 and change in there. He's got about 1.8. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, so he, he, he could have he he could could, made it 400 on the turn and, and still, had effectively a pot size shove. Yeah. And yeah, okay, fair enough. So yeah, maybe he's thinking, oh no, did I make a mistake? Or not even did I make a mistake, but I keep around a bunch of things that Alex now can fold. Yeah. That's another way to think of it, right? So I actually grew the pot for myself that I now get to win. The optimistic look. That is the optimistic. The other way to look at it is like, Foxen has something, he's not just going to throw his hand away. But when Foxen check calls the small bet, it's hard to put him on very many queens, right? Yeah. So you think like, he's got, I would assume he has a lot of, Either pocket sevens through pocket jacks, mm-hmm. or a six or a five, mostly. Yeah, right. Um, you don't put him on too many diamonds because you you would expect he would have taken an aggressive action on the turn one way or another. Foxen absolutely can have trip deuces here, by the way. Yes, he can play as play like a hundred percent. He can have trip deuces. He has more deuces than we do for sure. Yep. Um, so that's not great. Nope. But he checked when he could have led. I do feel the sizing pulling me towards betting. Yeah. Like, I feel like, ah, oh, I just, the sizing is so small on the turn. I just, ha- I can't just, I have nine high. I have to go for it when I sized it this much on the turn. We have 23 blinds right now if we just check and lose as Mateos. It's not that bad. 
It's we don't not ha- that bad. We don't, but have, we don't win tournaments by giving up in these spots. That is mostly true. That is mostly fucking true. We don't have hearts, but hearts don't matter. We do have hearts. We have hearts, <laughs> and hearts don't matter. Yeah. Um, diamonds don't really matter either way. No. Because um, a second diamond came on the turn, which is what I meant to be saying when I said hearts. Um, but we don't think Alex is ever playing diamonds this way anyway. I would right? never expect him so to. So it's irrelevant. Um, not blocking diamonds. Maybe he would, though, because I would never expect him Maybe, to. but let's mostly that's not... Not the way it's going to go, right? I guess he could have diamonds with a showdownable hand, but he's got a showdownable hand then, so who cares? Um, so the question is, like, should we try and fold them off all the one pair non-queen hands, know that we're getting screwed by trip deuces, and we assume a queen is calling, basically? I think the answer is yes. When, he, when, he, when he check calls the small bet on the turn, he mostly has five sixes and medium pocket pairs, and we might be able to get him fold. Those. And he has ace high too, which maybe Mateos has some inkling maybe. of knowledge of that. Like maybe. when the sizing is this way, Foxen's going to have some of his better ace highs. And you assume you're always folding those, yeah, out, with any kind of real, yeah. real bet, yeah. So he goes for it. Okay, and I certainly don't blame him. Right. One one point one five million. This is a real bet. Yes, into into one point four three. What do you think about that sizing? Looks great. Like I think it should mostly work exactly the way we want it to. Like, can a five really call? I actually kind of like the not all in nature of this too, because he could have gone all in. I kind of like not going all in. Not only do you preserve these chips, I think it looks a little stronger to make it 1.15 into 1.43 as opposed to 1.8. All right. 1.43. Well, Foxen's not folding right away, so yeah. I have to ask the question. Yes. What are Mateos's value hands and what are his bluffs? Okay, obvious value hands. There's a few full houses he can have, which is really like five do suited, six do suited, queen do suited. Yep. Three, four is a clear value hand. Yep. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know if he has all the three fours or just the three, four suited. Yep. He might have all of them. How, how deep do his queens go for value? All of them, or do we stop at wow. some kicker? That is a great question. We'd be pretty sure we were ahead with, I think, most of them, if not all of them. I maybe, feel like, maybe not the worst ones. I feel like queen 10, we, we have to bet for value. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe that might, that might be near the end, though. Is Alex going to check queen 9 on the turn? It doesn't seem likely. I think he's mostly betting queen 9. Yeah. We also have to get value from worse. Yeah. But we might, well, do we really think we can? I mean, this bet is designed clearly to fold out all the worst hands. Now we'd be betting with the intention to get called by all those same hands. But that's actually okay, too, yeah. right? Because you want it to not be obvious what your opponent is supposed to do when, they, when they're in the middle. That's right? the way poker is. Yeah. So that's okay that you could, you could have both of those pieces in there. Um, I can't believe we're doing this with all of our queens unless, I mean, we are one of the best in the world. Maybe we can. It wouldn't really occur to me to, to go for it with, like, queen three suited here to, like, Bet one point one million. I'd probably bet less. Yeah, I might bet six hundred fifty thousand. I'm just not that concerned about Fox and having a queen. I know, but then I don't want to get called by a worse hand too. So I want to. I'm like trying to get called, you know. Right, but yeah, I know where you're going. Like how how could you ever size it at one point one five if that's your logic for any? Well, no matter one, what you one, have, no, because one point one five could be a more polarizing uh, size. Sure. So you can still get called by a worse hand because it's polarizing. That is true, but if I'm putting all my medium stuff in there, then I don't have enough bluffs to like to be balanced. That's my concern. Not to say we'd have zero medium stuff in that 1.1 size. Of course, you have to need to have some medium stuff in there too. Otherwise, it's too easy to play against. Yeah. You. But a lot of times, people choose polarizing sizes, and they almost always have polarizing hands because it's hard to have enough hands otherwise to be balanced. Right. All under, right. Let's let's do a little math. Okay. Great. Um, the obvious bluffs that we can get here with is Mateos are four seven suited, seven eight, seven nine, and eight nine. Right? So that's fifty-two combos. Yes. Of obvious bluffs. We're gonna have to throw in some other bluffs because I I just don't know what Mateos is doing and what hands he has sure. that take this line that are bluffs, but he's gonna have some others. So I would I would estimate somewhere around fifteen more combos. Okay. Could he have like it's hard to even put him on a hand like King Jack suited with the back door because I don't know if he's just calling that pre. He's sometimes going to call but he it, could, actually. But he could have Jack-10 suited with the back door, Jack-9 yes. suited with the back door. Yes, he could. Call so, that on the flop, and then like, well, here I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's reasonable. So at least 15 more combos, right? Okay, great. So let's say 65 conservatively. Let's say it. Combos of bluffs. Um, all right, so if our value then also includes, do we, have, do we think we have 3-4 off when, when Foxen makes it 250 pre? I honestly don't know. At this stage, I'm going to say no. Okay, I think no. I think it's fine to say no. So that's four combos of value there. We got five deuce suited, which is another. Let's see. There's two five combos? hearts. No, it's three combos. Cause three. Com- okay, because yeah. it's the five of hearts and the. No, it's two combos. You're right. It's two combos. 
Right, it has to be two combos because yep. there's two deuces. Five deuce suited is two combos. Six deuce suited is two combos. Are we sure we're calling with those preflop? Let's say that we are. Okay. Since we're getting rid of all the three fours. All right, so we we're up to eight combos. We got queen deuce suited. I think we're folding the unsuited queen deuces preflop. I think we are. Um, so, so that's, that's two more. Two, actually, it is one more because it's the queen of clubs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So we're up to like... We're nine combos. Four. Yeah, okay. We're at nine combos of value now. Okay, that's the really strong stuff. Okay, then there's... Um, the only other thing... Oh, can we ever have a trip deuces of our own? I can't imagine it. We could, deuce, could we have deuce four, like four deuce suited or something like that? Three deuce suited that we called pre with the gutter and then go I'm running I'm not entirely deuces. convinced he's calling with all of these low suited hands pre at the stack depth. I'm not either. I'm also not convinced he's betting the deuce on the turn when he gets it. Right. Um, so I don't know that it's fair. Let, let's not include those. Okay. All right. But then we got to include queens again. Right. So where did the... Uh, let's, let's start from the top. Yep. Ace-queen so, is not here. No, we don't have ace-queen. We probably have king-queen. I think we Some. have a fair amount of king-queen. Let's just give them all the combos of king-queen. Sure, what the hell? Got 12 combos there. Let's, let's be cool and give it to And them. 12 combos of queen-jack. Great. And 12 combos of queen-ten. Cool. We're, we're up to 45 combos again of value now. Yeah. Yay. Um, okay, queen-nine is where it starts to get interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's say he's Joe Chong. He's very good. Let's give him some queen-nine. Okay. Maybe we should give him all the queen nine and say, and then draw the line though. So, like any other queen, we'll just give him the 12 combos of queen nine and be done with it. See, then that's not enough value, right? We want to have more oh, value. Oh, it's definitely not yeah. enough value. This is where Alex. The, so, if Alex is really doing, he's like, how much? I'm getting like two to one here, and it's 50, it's not even 50% value, right? Right. So, so that means that Mateo should have all of his queens. He now has to have all his queens in there. Yeah. And even all the, are even all the queens enough to get you there? It gets you close. To get twice as because you need like 130 combos of value. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You maybe you need a six. That's insane. Yeah, I know. And maybe this is where Fox is coming from. Yeah, maybe. And maybe also Fox is like, it's cool that in theory to be balanced, he has all his queens, but does he actually have queen three here? And he's betting 1.1 million. Does he really? Yeah. And maybe as as Fox and you're like, he does not. So I can eliminate that. And guess what? If I'm eliminating queen three, I can eliminate queen four. And guess what? I don't think it's queen seven either. And if we're there, now we're like, hey, this is an easy call, actually. When I say easy, I mean when we do all the math and we do all the combos like we just did, and we're like, the value versus the bluffs, there's just not enough value. Well, the math actually changes a bit because we block some of the bluff combos that we talked about. That is true. Good point. But not that This is part of why you don't want to block them. Right. But we don't block that many. No, we don't. But... Then, of course, we have to use distribution and not just call with everything. Um, true, but, but when, the, when we're getting laid this level of price, it starts to become easier again, right? It, it, we can really lean towards the call, at least. But it is interesting, because when we think about distribution, where the fuck does this land? Pretty low. It seems like it does. Like, like you said, A7 is the worst of the hands to call with because it blocks all of the draws, all of them that didn't get there, right? So that's the most problematic hand to call with. Yeah. But ace eight and ace nine are, are both bad too for those reasons. Yes, they are. Like it would be so much better to have ace 10. I mean, ace nine is better than ace is better than ace eight. Cause eight, four is True. also a combo that Fine. we unblock, which but is good. Can't we just have ace 10 or ace Jack so much better? By the way, we didn't include eight, four in um, the combos for, Oh uh, yeah. So that's four more. You're right. Um, You're right. For potential bluffing combos. It's cause it's basically the same hand. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I'm with you on the ace-jack thing, where that seems like better. Well, maybe Foxen thinks it's all the same because Mateos yes. is floating with his jack-10 and, and queen-jack suited, mm-hmm. or not queen-jack, jack-9 suited. Although it's not because Mateos has 7-9 and 8-9 off in his range, and he's not floating with jack-10 off and jack-9 off, right? You don't think Mateos is going to float with those hands? I don't think so. It just feels like... I mean, jack-9 no, jack off doesn't make any sense. Like, Foxen probably has... To get here from his non like super trappy, really strong hands, he's gonna have some sixes and fives, a fair amount of them. Yes. And we can call with those. Right. I mean, we have to think about just the hands that we called with on the turn. What's worse than ace nine? Maybe he maybe he actually calls with ace seven and ace eight, but that seems crazy. Is there a world? Is it this world where it's bad to have a six or a five because you block hands that Mateos wouldn't bet? Whoa. Because Mateos doesn't really have pocket sixes or pocket fives at yeah. these at these depths. So really 
It'd be great to have a queen, but it's great to have a queen anyway. Yeah. So don't think about it as a blocker. It doesn't really matter. It'd be great to have a deuce. Mostly that doesn't matter. It'd be cool to have a three or four. Yeah. Ace three, ace four, I think yeah. we'd be pretty excited to call. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, once we get to this river. Harder to call the turn, but easier to call the river. No, actually, we can call the turn because we have a gut shot. Well, maybe five, six is like the worst possible hero call. Huh. Because... You're right, because if we're deeper, then we're blocking sets of yeah. fives and sets of sixes. Here, we're not. Yeah. Here, that's not in play. Right. We're getting three bet by those hands, yeah. like 100% of the time. Or if we're not, we're getting raised on the flop or the turn. Like, well, not on the turn. Not on the turn, but like, we're often getting raised on the flop. We're almost always getting shoved on. Yeah, we are. Small the big, of almost course. always at this, at this stack. Of course, there. of course. There's no way Mateos is just letting that yeah. go. He's like, move in and hope you, hope you fold, and when you don't, it's a flip a lot. Right. So five, six blocks the showdownable checkbacks. So maybe that we remove that from our calling range, and we so then we have to include other ace highs in our calling range. That's very interesting. That's weird and interesting. It's turning my brain into a pretzel a little bit. Okay, we block, but but the but we don't know what's in his check back range because we just know this hand isn't in there. Yeah. So the fact that he isn't, but he did, and he didn't check back. So we already we knew he didn't have a five or a six anyway. By themselves, because he didn't check back. So does that's, it matter oh, yeah, that we you're don't right. block it? Yeah, you, that's a good point. It's a weird, it was an interesting thing to go down, though. I never thought of that. Yeah, I was but, trying to find a way. Yeah, but, but but since he didn't check, it doesn't. We already yeah, knew that. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good try. Debunked. Cool try. Is it possible that Alex is just like, I'm getting a great price. This is a showdownable hand. And... So he's just calling with everything that he gets here I'm with? I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to wonder. If he's calling with ace-nine, is he calling with everything that he got here with? Feels like it. Like, I'm what else? two to one, and I win enough of the time, so I can call with everything. Because what else does he check call? He doesn't check call king high, right, on the turn? Well, that was the question. I remember I asked you that. Does he have king jack? Yeah. And we were saying no, but maybe at that price he does, and he has to fold that. Maybe. Okay, maybe. Cool. He folds, a, he folds 16 combos with king jack. Is yeah. that, does that matter? Doesn't I don't even like... know if that matters when you think about all the stuff Fox is, in theory, calling with. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So he makes the call, obviously. I think it's just I've got a showdown on my hand. I'm getting a good enough price, and it, it doesn't matter what I have. I think I think he's at that level of it, and like fuck distribution, maybe fuck, fuck having a folding range. I don't need to. Maybe it seems crazy though to say that. I just call with everything that I got here with. That sounds because like, I'm getting the right price. That doesn't sound like elite poker to me. It doesn't, but maybe maybe the right price just over, maybe supersedes it. I don't know. He really is getting a great price. It's pretty good, but it's 1.15 million of his stack. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, he's going to be left with like 10 blinds if he calls yeah. and loses. But if he calls and wins, yeah, let's, a, let's look at this piece too, yeah, which, big we, chip which we used to talk about a lot, right? Calling and winning, this is now a big pot. And yeah. that's like Alex Foxen with a, with a huge chip lead is death to the right. rest of the world. But right? not necessarily to these guys. True, but but you know you're going for every tiny edge you can get against these yeah. guys. So you're like, if it's if it's a coin flip, maybe I'm supposed to take it because having it's the same stack as these guys versus having a big chip lead against these guys is worth so much more money because the little edges are worth so much more, and you can just you can take them all. People are going to be a little bit more careful around you. They're going to have to be a little more of this, a little more of that, just because you got the big chip stack. You can you can steal a little bit more than you get to otherwise. All that kind of stuff happens, right? Maybe. So maybe maybe that also like in a vacuum it leans you towards the call as well as the price is is good when we do the bluffs versus value. Maybe that's what's going on. And you know what? Maybe Foxen ultimately, because of price versus value, is just like, I'm just calling everything. Everything, every, any, every single showdown ball hand I can call. Well, that's too bad for Adrian Mateos. And this is the best showdown ball hand, by the way. Like, Mateos can't be turning a worse hand, a, a slightly better hand into a bluff here. Seems unlikely. He doesn't have ace 10. Yeah. Um, and if he's turning ace 7 into a bluff, good. Yeah. Or ace 3 into a bluff, great. Like, maybe he is turning ace 3 into a bluff once in a while. Cool. I get to win. I don't know. It's obviously, he does find a call. Yeah. It's quite That's a call. what we're saying. It's here. quite a call. But guess what? He doesn't win the tournament. But he does finish second. Ah, it's not good enough. And you know, you know how he, um, the way this ends up going down. So Foxen wins this hand. It's amazing. Um, he's got all the chips now. And he slowly starts grinding down everyone else, as you'd expect. And then Sean Winter ends up with, a re- is down to like two blinds, but then works his way back up to like um, 2.3 million. And the blinds, I think, are now at um, 50, 100K. And it folds the fox on the button, and Mateos has got like four blinds, and someone else has like five blinds, and he just moves in with like king eight suited. Mm-hmm. No, king six suited. King six of clubs. And Sean Winter has eights in the big blind and thinks about it for a while. Yeah. And the guys doing the commentary, 
are talking as if winter's going to fold. They're like, sure, he's going to fold. And I'm like, I really think winter's going to call. Like, you're crushing the range here. Of course. You have, like, I understand there's slight ladder-up opportunities, but, like, the way you win the tournament is you call here. Yeah. Like, so Sean Winter finds the call. Fox, by the way, flops two clubs, but does not get there. And then they end up heads up, and Winter ends up beating him. Mm. Winter runs like God when they're heads up and, and just gets to win, basically. Um, but so, but it was real, the thing that's really fascinating, and, and a reason to watch this, is the way the ICM stuff keeps getting passed around, the, um, where people go from very short stacks to the big stack and how they play. It's fascinating to watch, and it's a cool four-hour watch. And, of course, with that YouTube fast-forward button. You can watch it about an hour. Patented YouTube fast forward, but it's a beautiful thing. All right. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.